ברוכים הבאים, תודה שוב לאחד אותי. Today we want to speak about a sensitive topic, and that is the topic about what is conservatism, what is reform, what is orthodoxy, what's the difference between them, and what does halakha say about them, what the poskim have to say about those different sects. So we first start with the difference between conservatism and orthodoxy. As an orthodox Jew, you, ha- you are believing that everything that changes in time doesn't mean that the Torah should change as well. Which means, if something comes as a new invention, like for, exa- for example, electricity, what would happen is that you'll have to adjust that to the Torah and not the Torah to the new invention. Which means that if, let's say, the question will be on Shabbat, are you allowed to use electricity or not? So you have already a base that you're starting from, and that is what Chazal said, what the Torah said, and what the Alakha said. And therefore, you would see, although they didn't speak about electricity, but you'll have to find similarities one to the other and say that this is what Chazal meant when they said whatever they said, and this would apply to electricity in such a way. So therefore, if we're talking about that example, what Gdolei Ador did when electricity came to the table, it was to compare it to what the Torah spoke about or what Chazal said. So over here, they would compare it either to Esh. Electricity would be a form of a fire, because if you have a bulb that's burning hot and it's red wires, that's a form of a fire it can burn. And also, some wanted to say that maybe it's a form of bonnet, because you're closing circuits, so that is something that's created. And so on and so forth, others said that it's the Rabbanan for different reasons that they compared to what Chachamim, we found, has restricted. But, when you're talking about conservatism, they wouldn't look at these things that way. Rather, they say that you can make up your own laws according to the time that you live in and according to the way you understand. So therefore, uh, reform or conservative rabbi would say that to him it looks like such a thing would be permitted, and therefore he doesn't need to compare it to the base of the Torah. He doesn't need to find sources. He doesn't need to see that it matches anything that the Torah speaks about. Rather, he would say his opinion, why it's either yes or no, according to the spirit of this understanding. And therefore, such a thing would apply, halacha lemaseh, but they're people. But when we're talking about, again, orthodoxy, everything has to be sourced. And even something that we don't know what the halacha would say about it, the gdolei ador would sit down and decide if that is something that's compared to something that we know from the past that Chazal already spoke about, or the poskim of the previous generation spoke about, or didn't. Which means everything has to be sourced in the Torah, in Chazal, or in the Halacha, or in the Sifrei poskim that base it also on those sources. And therefore, that is a fundamental difference between the two. Also, when you're talking about something that's totally uh, on the opposite, and that is the reform, they wouldn't have any laws whatsoever. And therefore, they will do whatever they would feel they should do, and they would not base it on a certain understanding of the Torah, of the Halakha at all. 
and they would just let it be the way it is. Each person could do whatever he wants. There's no laws. So that could be a difference between uh, the original reform and, and the original conservatism, that conservatism would have some kind of guidelines, although they're not based on the Torah, they would use the Torah as something that would be uh, uh, th- that would that would elevate them, that would give them a certain uh, feeling of inspiration, and so did also the reform. It would be Torah would be inspirational only, but it doesn't in any way obligate you in any kind for, or form. But in Orthodox, you are taking the Torah very seriously. It's not only there to inspire you, rather to guide you, to lead you, to tell you what's right and what's wrong, and it. it it controls everything in your life. Every move you make, everything that you do in your life is being guided by, by the law of the Torah and the Halakha. That is a very fundamental difference. But there's also another difference, and that is also where it comes from. It comes from being feeling that Torah should be comfortable for a person to, uh, to, to, to be able to uh, keep. And therefore according to the understanding of the reform, you don't have to do anything that doesn't have your feeling, as, uh, your, your, your comfortable feeling. If you feel that the Torah is a burden on you, whatever is a burden, you push away. And therefore, for instance, driving to Shul on Shabbat, reform and so conservatives would say that it's perfectly fine. Why? Because the Torah says you should keep Shabbat and you should rest on Shabbat. What's the purpose of resting on Shabbat? The purpose of, for resting on Shabbat is to make it Shabbat unique, special, and that you don't work and you don't have to toil on Shabbat. But if it makes things that are Chilul Shabbat would be the opposite, which means it would make it easier for you. You turn on the light, you turn on the air conditioner, you put, the, you put your food on the microwave. That makes life easier. You drive to shul instead of walking for 20 minutes in the rain, in the snow, in the heat. You just drive to shul. That makes things much easier. So that the spirit of the law would say that that is the correct thing to do. Where in Orthodox, they would say, chas v'shalom. It doesn't work like that. The Torah has a set of laws and the halacha is based with that or even more than that, what Chazal guided us and told us what's right and what's wrong. And therefore, one must keep the law whether it's comfortable or it's not comfortable. And Chazal would uh, base it in many different places. Like for instance, when the Torah says that mitzvot lav not nitnu. Chazal explain what does it mean? Mitzvot lav not nitnu. Rashi says that mitzvot were given not for our pleasure, rather le'ol al Israel. Mitzvot came to be a yoke on the shoulder of Am Israel. They don't come to make things comfortable for you and enjoyable for you. Rather, in order that a person should keep the Torah. And that is mitzvot lav le'enot nitnu. And also, when we're dealing with mitzvot, they didn't come for rachamim, and therefore we have the Gemara in Brachot that says that Shiluach HaKen is not meant for rachamim at all. Rather, it's gzerah that the Torah made on Am Israel. It doesn't come to in any way to make uh, rachamim for the bird or in, for anything else in the Bria. This is one approach that one can take when we're dealing with mitzvot as well. Things don't come there in order to, uh, to feel comfortable. 
אלא מצוות ניתנו לאול על ישראל, as we're explaining right now. When we're dealing with עבירות, also, you would say maybe that the approach would be that whatever I, uh, whatever the Torah doesn't allow, I dislike, I despite, I don't want to eat it. Chazal say not at all, on the contrary, the approach should be that I wish I could have ate those things that are for- forbidden. But the Torah says I can't. And that is where Chazal say, Al tomar, lo yomar adam, e afshi bebasar chazir, ela yomar afshi veafshi, uma eseh shatorah gazra alai. Which means a person should not say, I don't want to eat the pork, I don't want to eat lobster, it's disgusting, how could anybody eat that? That shouldn't be the approach, rather. A person should say, I wish I could eat that. It's, it looks delicious, it tastes delicious. But what should I do that the Torah forbids me? Now, we can't feel so much why it's delicious, but we kind of definitely could feel that we pass by a goy barbecue store and we smell that it's, uh, we smell the barbecue smell that comes out of the store, the place. So that smells very good. And therefore, a person could have such an understanding that he should not say it's disgusting because then he's not honest with himself. Rather, the Torah says it's absolutely fine to feel that that is a delicious thing and still the Torah forbids it. Where the reform or the conservatives would say, no, if things are okay today, you feel that it's comfortable, you feel that it's good, the Torah didn't restrict you for every generation, therefore. Rather, it has to be changed according to the time and the spirit and the, the life goes on, life moves on, the world moves on to a new and, and, and better place and therefore Judaism should move along together with that. And that is another fundamental difference between the two. In depth, the difference is that conservatives believe that when Chazal told us things, they made up those laws themselves, just like you would have in a court or in, uh, in the city, you would have an establishment that they come with all the... They, they, they decide and they set up the laws and everybody must follow. How do they decide what the law is? They see what's the best for the society is, and they came, come up with that law, and they said that this is restricted, this is allowed, and this you should do this way and that way. Like, for instance, the, the law that would tell you what's the speed limit that you could drive, that they, they, they see what's the correct thing, that it should still be safe, but on the other hand, that people could drive freely and not feel that they're uh, they, they, they driving much too slow. So everything should feel comfortable. They come and they decide such a thing. So the conservatives would say that same thing is by Torah as well. That whenever you come today to feel what the Torah is, it has to be according to the spirit of the time. Right now, it would be something that would give you still a feeling of feeling uh, uh, close to Hashem and you still feel God if you drive a car or if you uh, use a cell phone on Shabbat. It doesn't in any way would uh, restrict you from feeling that closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and doesn't take away the Jewish name from you. Rather, you could still feel Jewish and use the cell phone. And therefore, they feel that that shouldn't be in any way restricted. But again, in depth, it's because they believe that the, made, the law that Chazal made is a made-up law. Since it's made up by them, so we also have the powers today to make up. When Chazal told us what the Torah says, that one should do or shouldn't do certain things, it's Chazal definitions of the Torah, and therefore we can do the same today, and we're not restricted 
and obligated and bound to what Chazal explained to us. When we're talking about orthodoxy, it's very different. We are saying that all the laws that Chazal told us are absolutely divine. And they're all in the Torah. And the Torah, when the Torah was writing whatever the law is, it gave also to Moshe Rabbeinu the explanation. And when Chazal come and inform us of what the Torah means, they just inform what the Torah means. And not, that they, not more than that. They come and tell us, this is the Pasuk. That's the explanation that Moshe Rabbeinu accepted. It's a little bit more deep than what I'm saying. But on the bottom line, they come and say, Chazal would come and say, that it's nothing that we made up. There, there is a certain set of rules of how Chazal come to Al-Achadis, Yud Gimel Midot, Shatoran, Nidreshet Bayim, and so on and so forth. But it's all within those set of rules that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to Moshe Rabenu and Chazal implemented that Halakha Lemaseh. And therefore, when we come today to the discussion over something, we have to use what Chazal told us because it's all divine, it's all what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabenu in Har Sinai. So therefore, it starts in, in, in the root very differently between the two, between Orthodox and between conservatism. Now, when we're talking about reform, they totally say that you don't have to, uh, to do any of that. They either don't believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or they believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not in the Torah, or they believe in the Torah, but they say that you're allowed to change it, and so on and so forth. It's very confused that the whole thing is open completely for anybody to decide whatever he wants and do whatever he wants, and that is definitely something that contradicts the way we understand the Torah should be held and should be kept. So, therefore, when we're talking about halacha lemase, we come over here to the question, uh, is one allowed to change the law? If you change the law, you might be running into a serious issue of becoming a min or a pikores. And that is the way the Rambam is posek in Ilchot Teshuvah. He says that minim v'apikorsim, and a list of many others that go into that list, do not have any place in Olam Abba. They go to Gehenom and they punish there forever and ever. It's an amazing thing. Even though Gehenom would go out of business, HaKadosh Baruch would close Gehenom, but still, they will still be punished forever and ever without the Genom. Very interesting. Who are they? The Minim and the Apikosim. What does it mean, Minim and Apikosim? The Rambam explains that this is something that you'll find throughout many, many of the Rishonim and Achronim. And this is anybody that changes any, anything in the Torah. You don't believe in something, you don't believe in HaKadosh Baruch in the Torah, or you don't believe something that the Torah is written, writing, or the way the Chazal explained to us what the Torah means. Which means if a person would understand that the Torah really says whatever it says, but it doesn't mean the way Chazal explained it, that goes also under that category of being an apikores or a min, which falls into something that the Rambam says is even less than a goy. Which means even a goy, you'll have to treat better than you treat those Minim and Apikorsim. And there's many laws that fall into that as well. The Pasul Le'edut. 
such people that uh, that want to come to join a minyan. You see somebody passing by. I don't know why he would want to come to a minyan. But you, you, you want to ask him, why don't you be the 10th person? You're not allowed to be Mitzaref like this person whatsoever. Although you might say, well, one minute, they don't keep Torah anyway. No, let's say you have somebody that keeps the entire Torah. He keeps it. Why? He grew up like that. But he starts believing in those shitot, in those ideas, in that idealism, then he becomes an apikores emumar. And even though it's completely not his fault, it's known that Rav Chaim said that a nebach apikores is also an apikores, which means if a person doesn't believe in one of the yudgimeli karim of the Rambam, which are the yudgimeli karim of the, of, of the belief in Ju- Judaism, anybody that doesn't believe any of those yudgimeli karim, he becomes a, a, a pikores or a min. So therefore, even if a person... It's not his fault. He doesn't believe it because he didn't grow up like this, or he doesn't believe it because he really tries to seek the truth and he was misguided either by his mind or somebody else's, a mentor, a friend. Such a person could be that he's a nebuchadnezzar. He's completely, uh, he's completely not his fault. But although he's a nebuchadnezzar, it's still an apicorus. But apicorus, it's not like you have, uh, you could have a different category. You become an apicorus. You become an apicorus. So therefore, you have. That guy that, that we're saying right now, they become Pasul Dut, and you can be Metzaref for Minyan, and you can use this Shita, and you can drink their wine, and so on and so forth. It's a list of things. One of the things is that you wouldn't have to save them in any way. So if a person like that is, let's say, kidnapped, so we say, the Alakha would say, Nilchot open Alakha in Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah brings it down, Pashut, that such a person, you can't save, you're not allowed to save. If he becomes an Apikores, you're not allowed to save him. He was kidnapped, let him stay there. He, he was hijacked, let him stay there. You don't save him in any way. So this is when we're dealing with an Apikores. Now, the question is, how do you view those, uh, those sects that we're talking about? You have conservatives. What are they? So then we want to try to define a little bit what the Torah defines in different levels. And that is what we call mumar, a person that's mumar. Mumar, the definition of that, is someone that violates the Torah knowingly. So mumar, there's many laws about those mumarim. If a person wants to say, for instance, he wants to see, take a look in your red, there are siman bet, that speaks about the different mumarim. And if anybody wants to see in siman shin pei, hey, that over there also we're dealing with uh, the concepts of each one, what's his status? But when we're dealing with a mumar, we need to understand that there's two kinds of mumarim. Mumar, again, is somebody that violates the Torah knowingly. Because a person could, could violate the Torah not knowingly. It's called a shogeg, semitasek. But when we're dealing with a mumar, bemezid, a person that knowingly violates the Torah, there's two kinds of mumarim. One is mumar leteavon, and the second is mumar leachis. Mumar leteavon means a person that had a teavah, had a desire and therefore he fell in the sin. So a person that, let's say, really couldn't hold back from eating treif, he passed by McDonald's, he smelled the, the good smell that came out of there, and he said to himself, I can't hold back, and he went and he bought himself something that's not kosher, that's called the mumar leteavon. And there's many laws for mumar leteavon that we're not dealing with right now. But, and, and, and those laws still don't say that he's Yotze Michlal Israel. he's still considered Israel, and you have to treat him with respect and with love and so on and so forth. But there are certain laws and restrictions to him as well. 
But we want to st- speak today about Mumar Lachis. Mumar Lachis means a person that violates the Torah, again, knowingly, but Lachis. What does it mean Lachis? Lachis, Chazal defined to us that it's a person that Shavik is etera, which means you have two restaurants. You have one restaurant that is kosher and another one, a restaurant that's not kosher. You decided to go to the restaurant that's not kosher. You could have went to the kosher one. It, it would be the same thing. You, could, you didn't have that extra special, strong desire to go to the non-kosher restaurant. Just you don't care. Some people don't care. And therefore, since you don't care, it's called mumar lachis, shavi ketera, you leave the heter, and you go to eat from the isur. That's called mumar lachis. The Gemara calls it, it compares it to an apikores as well. And so that's something that's very strict. This is a level that we need to deal with. Over here, we found that could be there's a breakaway from that level as well. And there's mumar lachis that's really lachis, which means a person violates the Torah, not because he doesn't care, as we just explained right now, shavi ketera v'achilisura, rather, he really wants to do bedavka. He has idealism and he wants to do things that are against the Torah because he believes that that is the correct way and not the other way. And he believes that way and it's ideal by him and he, he goes with it and he pushes his idealism and he does things knowingly beshita. That's the way it should be done and that's the way I'll do it. And I, I can't do it any other way. I don't want to do it any other way. Because I'm setting a point, I'm trying to get a point across. And that is something that we call Mumar Lachit, but that's on much higher level of Lachit, because over here it's really Lachit, he's doing that to make Hashem angry, or to make uh, uh, others angry with his beliefs. So therefore, when we're dealing with such a Mumar Lachit, we found that category in the Shach, when he speaks about, in Lichot Tzedakah, when he speaks about Mumar Lachis, that is the chiluk, the split that he makes between the two Mumarim Lachis. And he brings that, the run also, that brought down in the Bet Yosef, in Siman Bet in Yoredea, also says like that, that there's two kinds of Mumarim Lachis, one is a real Lachis and one that doesn't care. Now, when we're dealing with a conservative, comes the Igrot Moshe, and he has a tshuva in Igrot Moshe, Eben Ha'ezer, Chelek Daled. The page is Kafzain. And he writes over there that when we're dealing with Emumar Lachis, conservatives would have different laws. It depends if it's those conservatives that are doing Bedafka Lachis, especially the first generation of conservatives, they were definitely Lachis on the worst part, which means they're trying to push an agenda and they're trying to do things against the Torah with a very manipulative way that's very evil, and those would be a mumar lachis, that's yotzeh michlal Israel in every possible way, you have to treat them in the worst way <coughs> that the Torah says, and their children, like today, those even today you have from each kind, but the majority, they don't have and they don't know better, and therefore those would be already Mumar Lachis on the level that doesn't care. Shavi Ketera Ve'achilisura. This chiluk we found openly in the Shulchan Aruch and the Mishnah Bura in Siman Shin Peihei in Ilchot Eruvim that he brings down the Shulchan Aruch Tzduki Areuk Yisrael. Tzduki has the same law as Israel. So the Mishnah Bura explains that Tzduki 
is על שם צדוק ובייטוסה נוטים והם נוטים לאפיקורסות. They are אפיקורסים. Which means they don't believe in תורה שבעל פה, they believe only in תורה שבכתב. That is called an אפיקורס 100% ואינם מאמינים בתורה שבעל פה. אף על פי כן, so therefore you would ask, what mean, if they are אפיקורס, so how is it צדוקי? like ישראל, צדוקי הרי הוא כישראל, doesn't make any sense. זאת אומרת, משאר גבורה explains, אף על פי כן לעניין זה, הוא כישראל, שמועיל כשמבטל רשות. He has the same thing as ישראל, why? ואף על פי שוודאי מחלל שבת בפרהסיה, על כל פנים באיסור דרבנן, ואיתה בסעיף ג' שב בזה הרי הוא כעקום, צדוקי שני, pay attention, this is the חילוק, צדוקי is different, שמוחזק כך מימי אבותיו ומנהג אבותיו, בידו כן כתב הבית יוסף, ו- which means the בית יוסף explains to us that since he's not doing it independently knowingly rather because his parents taught him to do that he doesn't know any better the parents those that started the the sect of conservatism obvious do kiva to see that would be compared to whatever it is today so those people that started they're considered like mumar lachis that don't have a deen like israel but this kid of theirs that doesn't know any better is also mumar lachis but on the lower level of mumar lachis that doesn't care shavi ketera vachilisura That's considered like a anus. And this is how the Bet Yosef writes in Dibur HaMatchil. Afilu, that he writes that whatever he does is considered like anus. And he does not become mumar until he knows what he's doing. So it comes out like this. You have, as Amosha explains, you have over here today two types. You have those that, which are not too many, that push their agenda, push their understanding, push their... idealism and that is something that's very bad and you have those that follow <coughs> they just grew up like this their parents took them to that synagogue or that parents took them to that temple and they don't know any better they just follow their lifestyle but you don't you, you, you although they might have heard about uh, orthodox jews and they heard about all kind of other things that today is pretty open and everybody hears about everything but As we explained in the past, Chazonish already told us when he spoke about those mumarim that it's considered in auction ishbad. This is how the Chazonish write that it has a din like Israel. And although we spoke to them and tried to convince them, but they weren't convinced. And we spoke and we worked with them and we spent time and effort, but still they weren't convinced. Although... You, they know already, they, they understand already what we explained to them, it's still considered in auction ishbad. The, the Chazonish explains because they grew up like this and it's very hard for a person to understand his beliefs, his understanding, his way of life. So therefore, they still consider it in auction ishbad. Chazonish says, until you'll have a bedding of such Rabbanim that have Ruach HaKodesh that would understand and decide that this person should have changed already, has no excuse. Only then... they change the category. So we're categorizing now two kinds of uh, conservatives. One is those that push an agenda, which are mumar lachis on the worst form that don't have any more din of Israel. Rather, it's even less than a goy in many aspects, as the Rambam explains, that they are less than Israel. And then you have those that follow that don't know any better, so them, they would have a din of tinok shenishba, although they also mumar lachis, which means that pikorsim, you can't do a lot of things with them, you can't make metzaref them to a minyan, you shouldn't go and associate with, the, with them to the level that you, 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 you talk to them, 
and, and try to to understand what they think because they are apicosim and a person that's apicores he would is able to uh, to poison you with his ideas and with his understanding so you have to be very careful with such a person but how do you treat them like Israel? Nafkamina for many different things that you would treat as Israel. Like, for instance, if a person like this was kidnapped, as the example we gave before, you'll have to try to help him out, or at least you're permitted to try to help him out. You don't leave him in the, in, 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 by the captives. So when we come, we see that to, this is the way conservative started and could be that it pushed till today. Today, in many levels, the reform and conservatives is almost equivalent, almost the same. And therefore, we need to treat them more severe, those that, again, push the agenda. You'll have to treat them almost like reforms. And when we're talking about reforms, we need to understand that the Poskim spoke about this in length. Reform is written in many places. One of the rabbis that pushed against reforms very strongly was the greatest giant, the Chatam Sofer. And he writes like this in Chelek Vav Siman Peitet, that if we were able to decide what the law and what their category is, I would say that we have to push them away from our place. They should not live around us. You're not allowed to marry them at all. So we don't get to follow their ideas, their understanding, their beliefs. We would have to <coughs> treat them like that we don't associate with them at all. And the Maram Shik, that was a Talmid of the Khatam Sofer, he was one of the greatest uh, rabbis in that generation, he writes the following. He writes, This is what needs to be done to them. He takes it to another level and says that they are also could be very much uh, that they considered mamzerim because they get married and then they go, don't get illegal divorce. So such people would be considered mamzerim, which is a serious problem. This is how the Maramshik writes in Shut, Shindaled and Shinhei. So therefore, we see that the approach of the rabbis was, you have to cut them away. You have to stay with the, away from them. You don't associate with them. And he writes like this. He writes, Don't even come close to them. Just like a nazir would not come close to a vineyard. Don't come to deal with them in anything. Any kind of business deal or anything like that. Don't associate with them with their keila, with their congregations. Even though it's not a direct, indirect would also be forbidden. In order that they should understand that they have no validity at all. And, and, and the Maramshik writes more than that. He says, 
ואתם עשו את שלכם. Which means even if we'll be pushed to accept them or to, or to, to deal with them or even as we explained before in a grammar not directly or rather indirectly you should know that you should not this is something that would not be allowed אל תובה ואל תשמע לו כי לא ינוח שבט הרשע על גורל הצדיקים and this is he says that he was מקבל as well כך קיבלתי ממרן הגאון בעל החתם סופר להרחיק מהם just like the חתם סופר explain to him that one needs to stay away from them ומהמונם כל מה שאפשר שלא להיות באגודה אחת עמהם. If you take a look at the מחנה חיים, he also writes such a thing, he says that <coughs> you're not allowed to walk into their temple, into their synagogues, and he, and he found the source in that, in דברי חז"ל, גמרא שבת קט"ז, that says over there, שאפילו אדם רודף אחריו, נחש להקישו, נכנס לבית עבודה זרה, והן נכנס לבתיהם של אלו. If a snake runs after you and you have to escape and you have two choices, either to walk into a church or to walk into uh, such, a, such a temple, a reformed temple, it's better to walk to the church and not to walk into the reformed temple. Why? There's a difference between them. Christians as bad as their belief is, but they don't know any better. But those reforms, again, in the times that they understand, or those that really push their agenda, really push their, ideal, their ideals, So therefore, such people understand the Yodim, Makirim, Vekofrim. They do something that's mamash b'mezid. And therefore, he paskens that such people should stay away. He says, V'achi, batek nesiyot shelo l'shem shamayim, shel reshaim upole aven asher beyad ramayim redu mal. ואנשי כנסת הגדולה אשר תקנו פיקדו לזכור להתפלל בכל יום על ביאת משיח, he gives you an example, אנשי כנסת הגדולה that set up the תפילה for us, they put over there that every person should pray every day for משיח, for ירושלים, בניין ירושלים, to bring back the קורבנות, and they, what did they do? They erased the whole thing like it doesn't exist, which means they took it to the level to ממש go against what חז"ל have written, and therefore such a person would rather walk into a church and not walk. It's better to walk into a church than to walk into such a place as, as forbidden it, it is to walk into a church. So the Maram Sheik, <coughs> although he says that if you walked in there, you did not violate an open love in the Torah. We don't find an open love in the Torah to walk into such a place. But he says that it's a sur still midoraita. Although it's not an open love, it's a sur midoraita because the Torah says that just like Keeping a mitzvah in a large setting makes a kiddush Hashem, as we'll explain very soon. So does going into a place that they violate the Torah at large. So therefore, you are supporting them, and such a place would not be allowed to be visited or entered. And this is something that uh, the Maramshik writes in length. He writes like this, that Bet HaKneset Anikra Korshelen, which means the, the shul, kar shulen, the shul that was ka, called kar, which means the conservatives and reform shuls, yesh lehem din bet avodah zarah? No. He says to a person that wrote that it has a din of bet avodah zarah, he says no, that's not true. Ani lo edayach afshar lomar, and you can't say, it's not that you can't say, it's not considered as a place of avodah zarah like a church. V'chimushum shem mashvim u medamim naaseh maaseh, 
ואין הקדש לעבודה זרה, you can't call that לעבודה זרה. איך אפשר לומר בית שנעשה באיסור לשם השם להתפלל לשם השם, נהי שבאופן העשייה הוא איסור, you write that everything else is אסור, which means they build it in a forbidden way, they set it up in a forbidden way because they changed the setting of a shul in a conservative and a form, it's set up more like a church than like a, like a synagogue, like a shul. But still, וכי משום כך נקרא בית, בית עבודה זרה חלילה, it's still not a house of עבודה זרה, it's still not a church. לא ניחא למר אלא מר כן. ואם אמר אדם כן כדי להרחיק מהם, if you're trying to say that, although you understand it's not considered like בית עבודה זרה, but you're trying to take a precaution and warn people, and therefore you take an extra precaution, scaring people by saying that it's עבודה זרה, you should know that זה מותר רק לשעה, you can do that only temporarily, which means you can say that, but not, don't, don't set this for generations, you can just say it right now, just to make sure the people would not violate going in there, but not that you could actually set that up as a halacha, לקבוע דין שאינו אמת, אפילו לנביא מוחזק אין לשמוע, if somebody says something that's false, even if he's a נביא, you're not allowed to listen to him to say that. כדי לעמוד בפרץ על ידי דבר שאינו אמת, אין לו קיום דשיקרא לא קאי. You can't, whenever you speak תורה, it has to be authentic, exactly uh, uh, the way the halacha is. Many rabbis, you see them screaming about different things, and they're taking a very radical approach, but it's not based in halacha. When we're dealing halacha, it has to be based on the halacha, or on the poskim, or what the Torah says, or what Chazal says, and if you're just saying your gut feeling, about things, and you're taking radical approaches because you feel that you're doing a service to Hashem, that is shikra veshikra lokai. If it's not based in Chazal, in Halacha, in the Sifrei HaPoskim, en lo kiyum, he says the Maram Shik. So, one hand, you have to define whatever it is to the exact, don't be too radical. On the other hand, you can be too lenient as well. Whatever the Torah says, that's what it is, and you can't define it in any other way, because if you do that, you are also violating the Torah, because you are coming to say something new that the Torah didn't say. You are arguing with the Torah, you are arguing with Torah Tashem, who gave you a right to speak in the name of the Torah, and at the same time, alter what the Torah says, change what the Torah says, that's also a su. So he says, what is the definition of such people? He explained to us, the following, נראה פשוט, בשעה שמתפללים עם הכר ומעשים שלהם שם, בוודאי אסור ללכת לשם. First of all, one that should not go in the place when they praying. Ramoyesha also says like that. Whenever they pray in the place, you can walk in there. Ramoyesha says it's because of maritain. People would think you were going in there to pray, and that is אסור. maritain אין חשד. Ramoyesha defines maritain אין חשד differently. maritain people will learn with you. From you, חשד means people would suspect you. So both are not allowed in halacha. You're not allowed maritain and not allowed chashad. When you walk in there, it looks like you are feeding into it. So therefore it's asur mishum of maritain, says Ramoyshe. Whenever they don't pray in there, and you walk to a different room that's not the place of service, Ramoyshe says that that's permitted. Let's say there's a bar mitzvah, there's a, there's a brit, or whatever it is, in a different room in the same establishment. You can walk in there. Because people understand that now there's no service, they're not going to have chashad on you. But still he says, for a Talmid Chacham, for a rabbi, so somebody who's chashuv should stay away from that. He writes over here, the Maram Shik, that one should not walk in there when they pray, for sure not. Veno, even if you're just going to see what they do. You're just going to view, you're just going to watch, it's interesting. 
ואינו הולך אלא לראות מעשיהם, נראה שאסור מהתורה, this is violation that comes from the Torah, where do we find such a violation? because we found in Yuma, דף עין, that going to a place of מצווה is called, ברוב עם הדרת מלך, you're allowed to violate the law of the Torah of, אבל אין מעבירים על המצוות, says the Gemara in דף עין, in order to be מקיים ברוב עם הדרת מלך, which means there's a קידוש השם that's done in public, and you are there to add to the רוב עם הדרת מלך, then you are מקיים קידוש השם, and that is a מצווה. So he takes and compares that to the same thing with Avera. When you go into a place to see Avera being done, you know, a place like this that they play in a piano on Shabbat, or they use a microphone, whatever they do, you are actually adding to the Chilul Hashem, just like Melech. you have the opposite when you violate the Torah. Moshe says the same exact idea that a person that goes to see a Chilul Shabbat, that is violating that Isur that he explained right now. והוא הדין אם ברוב העם עושים עבירה, איכא חילול השם תפי, that's called the חילול השם, את larger numbers, וכל שכן במקום שיש לחוש למראית עין, או שאחרים ילמדו ממנו, if people would learn from you, או מראית עין, או חשד that people would suspect you, that is something that's אסור, חשד is the right of Moshe explains to us, which means people suspect you that you're violating the איסור, they see you walking in there. אמנם בשעה שמתפללים שם כמנהגי ישראל, if they keep the exactly מנהגים and they pray in, the, in סידור like ישראל, היא רשאים אז להתפלל, יש לדון, even that he has a ספק, maybe yes, maybe no, if they keep exactly everything but they reform. So comes the, מר אמשיקן says, לכנוס שם ללא לצורך תפילה, עיין אור חיים ראש מ"ד שבית שנבנה באיסור בשבת נכון שלא ייכנס לשם אדם לעולם ואם כן הוא הדין כאן שנבנה באיסור. On שבת if a house was built באיסור you're not allowed to enter that house never ever לא ייכנס שם אדם לעולם. So he says that's not any different. In a פסק דין that was given from the Hungarian rabbis in the year תרכ"ו it says the following בתי כנסיות הנקראים קרשול which is the conservatives מאחר שהוא בית אפיקורסות, it's a place of, of, of אפיקורסים, אסור להיכנס לתוכם. They say you can't enter that place at all. This is also how today uh, פוסקים like of Steinbuch writes. Again, it's a מחלוקת of Steinbuch and of Moshe, but definitely in a time of תפילה, one should not go, and definitely if it's a תלמיד חכם or a rabbi or anybody that respects himself, should not go to such a place. ג'סק רבי טאפון סז, אפילו אדם רודף אחריו להורגו ונחש רץ לקישור, as we explained before, נחש, a snake is running after you, somebody is chasing you to kill you, it's better, נכנס לבית עבודה זרה ולא נכנס לבתיהם שלנו, it's better to walk into a place of עבודה זרה, not this kind of houses, and therefore you need to know that walking in there, says the Hungarian rabbis in Exera, that it's completely אסור. Very important to understand that. Now, some people feel that by mistake, that they're allowed to make britot in such a place. They have a small event, a, b- a brit, a bar mitzvah, do you do it in conservative shul? The answer that it's a sur, that nobody that allows it, even on Moshe that allowed to walk in there, he only allowed to walk to the place that it's not the synagogue, they don't pray in there, and not to support it in any way. But when you do bar mitzvah, you do a brit, and you're supporting the place, they are supported, this is how they're able to keep up the place, because people make events over there, So that is something that's completely assumed none of the poskim allowed such a thing. So if, let's say, a school rents uh, 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 
poor in a place that's conservative, that's completely asur. If you rent a hall in order to make over there all kind of courses, that's completely asur. One is not allowed to have such a place whatsoever. And this is how there's a letter that even the Chatam, the, the, the Chafetz Chaim signed with many other rabbis that they made a takana 